It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided we are? Let's find the peacemakers. Think everyone is mean and selfish? Let's talk to those who are helping us all be more loving and caring. Think our culture is going downhill? Let's meet those who are helping us flourish. And now your host, Jonathan Sanborn. Well, hello, everyone. Once again, welcome to Counterculture with Jonathan Sanborn. I'm so glad you tuned in today or clicked on your podcast. Uh, I just love doing the show. I love what it's about. I'm excited to have the conversations that it triggers and uh, getting to talk with you, feed, getting feedback and getting to t- meet some of the most amazing people that are in this town and, and, and around this planet, actually. So we are really excited that you could tune in. Again, Counterculture is a show about being different because I think if you're following Jesus, you're actually going to be going against culture. Now, this I'm not talking about a, a, a you know rebellious sort of sense in one sense, but that we're about peacemaking and bridge building and bringing people together. That actually, in these days, when everyone's so divided, pr- peacemaking is a revolutionary act. And so we, we're, we're following the ways and words of Jesus here and finding those people who have been who have stepped into those roles as bridge builders and peacemakers and helping us become a more loving and united people. So uh, so today we have Rhonda Schiortino, if I pronounce that right. Rhonda is an amazing lady. Just got to uh, – we've been known each other for several years and uh, just been following her, her ministry and what she's about. This lady has a, overcome tremendous adversity from her childhood to not just survive and get through it, but she is thriving. And she is a national speaker and author of, I think, last count, 10 books on being a successful living and a, a kindness and thriving. And I'll let her talk more about those. Uh, Rhonda helps kids and families in her roles as the national spokesperson for Safe Families for Children, Royal Family Kids. Vanguard's University Global Center for Women and Justice, and is the national champion for the Love is Action Community Initiative. Well, welcome, Rhonda. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> thank you so much for calling in. Wish you could be here in studio so we could get to chat, but I'm so glad you could call in. Well, I would love to do that someday, so hopefully we'll have a part two. Exactly. We'll be, you know, in the same spot. Maybe so, after oh, for sure. You know, we're all in, right? I know. Someday we'll get on a plane again. I'm not there yet. So I've gained uh, – and during the middle of COVID-19, I've probably gained 19 pounds in, in my more sedentary oh. life. Maybe not. Maybe nine. Oh. Maybe nine. But oh. want to oh, get out and goodness. be moving I, more. This, it's that yeah, whole 115 well. degrees outside kind of makes me kind of want to mm. stay indoors. <laughs> that certainly does put the kibosh on the outdoor activities, sure. doesn't it? So, for sure. So before we get into uh, uh, kind of like you, you and your story, we'd like just to have a little fun and get to know you a little bit. So I'm going to – we're going to – we call it okay. fake news. And so okay, you're going to fake news, fake news. get ready for this. So you're going to say okay. one thing that is fake news and one thing that's true about you and don't in any order you want. And I have to guess which one is fake. Okay. Okay. I have about, right. I thought I was getting really good at this, but the last couple of times I've had, I've got totally humbled and God has totally humbled me. So I have no confidence anymore. <laughs> so 
So, but I think I'm at a 60% success rate. So, uh, so, okay. So, so Rhonda, go ahead. So say one, one thing and then another, and I'll try to guess which one's fake. Okay. So here are my two things. I love exercise. I am an athlete. Okay. Very athletic. Okay. And my other thing, I love fishing. It's my all time favorite thing to do. So which one is true and which one is fake, Jonathan? Oh my goodness. That you you threw. I was waiting for some kind of historical event, but we were talking about your passions, and I just don't know. I mean, you yeah, I you seem you have a athlete. I mean, I don't know how to say this, but you seem active type personality, and so okay. it's hard for imagine that you would just sit and fish. But but maybe that's one of those things that just kind of soothes your soul. I'm just gonna say you like fishing. Oh, so and then the the athletic is fake news. Here. Am I right? Well, yes, yes, you're absolutely right. You're improving your percentage Woo-hoo! because I am a slug. I am <laughs> slug. not athletic. I hate exercise. You hate exercise. Uh, <laughs> like my big, big exercise every day is standing at my stand-up desk. Wow. I a stand-up desk because <laughs> okay. I was tied to the desk. Yeah. But I you, love fishing. It's really? Amazing. I just love it. It's the best thing to that do. That is interesting. Yeah. It's hard for me to imagine you sitting still, given how you are vi- so <laughs> vibrant and excited and, and engaging. <laughs> that's well. That's uh, great. So know, that's why you know that's good. Yeah, I mean, it's the time that you can just sit with Jesus, you know, and and hopefully it's a place where you know the cell phone doesn't work. Right. And, you know, you can't be interrupted, and you can just. I love dreaming with Jesus. So the idea of sitting someplace and being able to look up at the sky yeah. and just talk to Jesus this, and listen. No, I say wow. pray, listen, act, repeat. Um, that's kind of my life. So when you, when I'm fishing, I get to do that without interruption. I like that. That's really good. I like <laughs> eating fish, so maybe we've got a good team going, all right? Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so now, of okay, so... You're, you. Why do you call yourself a survivor? Oh, what a great question. Well, first of all, let me give you the distinction between survivor and successful survivor. Okay. I call myself a successful survivor, and I started an organization called Successful Survivors Foundation because there are so many people in the world who have survived uh, violent crimes, uh, tra- traumatic situations, and and they've never fully recovered. Mm. And they live with depression and anxiety. There are many people incarcerated who are survivors of childhood abuse and, mm. and uh, human trafficking and mm-hmm. uh, substance abuse disorder. You know, it, so they've survived, but they're not successfully surviving. Mm. And so the decision that I draw and the reason I started Successful Survivors Foundation is, is really around my life verse, which is Romans 8.28, that God works all things together for good. For those who, I'll give you the Rhonda paraphrased version, for those who give him permission to do that and mm-hmm. who will cooperate and collaborate with him to mm-hmm. do that. So what I mean by that is when we... Um, allow God to pull out everything that we've been through, including the yuckiest, the most painful stuff Mm. that we've been through, Mm -hmm. and we look at it in the light of day with the maturity that we have now, and we say, okay, this happened to me. It's not happening anymore. 
Uh, and it, uh, let's look at what good could possibly come from it. Huh. And what I found when I did that, when God walked me through that process, is I found character traits that that were woven into the fabric of my being that would not mm. be there if I hadn't gone through abandonment by my mother. She left me with a neighbor when I was a little girl and mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. asked the neighbor to babysit while she went shopping. She never came back. Um, being raised by a mentally ill man and an alcoholic and addicted woman. Mm-hmm. Those were my maternal grandparents. So being raised by abusive people in poverty, mm-hmm. uh, a time of homelessness, all of that stuff, I can literally point to every single one of the adversities I experienced in my life, God has used for remarkable, like exponential good. So, and, and so he's no respecter of person. So I believe that uh, if he could take the worst possible things I've been through and bring good from them, that he could do it for everybody else. So mm-hmm. I wrote a book about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, when you're in the middle of that, that's really hard to see. And I know it's like oh. I've, I've sometimes prayed, Lord, I'm done with the character building. <laughs> so, all right already. You know, all right already. And, and and honestly, David prayed it too. <laughs> so, um, so t- I mean, but right. yet, but now that you can look back and look at those yeah. moments, I mean, you you say you're are you thankful for those things? Oh, I can, you know, really, I think I think when you really arrive is when you can look back at the people who caused you the most pain and mm. say, God bless you. Thank you. Wow. Really, thank you. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I looked at my mother and my father, my biological people, birth people, I should say, yeah. on the Internet. And I found Interesting. them. Interesting. Whoa. And, and I wrote them letters. This has been, you know, good number of years ago now. But but I wrote them each a card. And, and I said, I hope you're not feeling any guilt because I have an amazing life. And I'm so grateful. My mother could have had an abortion. Mm-hmm. She chose mm-hmm. not to. She chose to give me life. And that's all I needed. God right. gave me her best DNA from her side. Yeah. The best DNA from my father's side. And he, and he made, you know, made me a masterpiece. We're each God's masterpiece. Mm-hmm. You know, it says so in Ephesians 2.10, so I'm just going to go ahead and believe it. Yeah, that's a good belief. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you— your I'm wor- going to lean into it. Your world and your experiences didn't necessarily make you believe that you're a masterpiece. It would be easy no, to gosh, think no. by looking at experiences. No, I, I was raised by atheists and— you know, there was nothing about the Bible that, you know, that I was taught to believe, but um, some amazing foster parents planted a seed in my life when I was really young. And I was only with them for a very short time, but they introduced me to Jesus and the mm. rest is history, baby. Yes. <laughs> I'd say. So uh, just to tell our listeners, where did you go? Like, just you got out of this just a little bit into that, tell me, tell me a little more, like after you got saved and pulled out of that, you started into business early on, or what was that all about? Okay, yeah, so um, when I was uh, 14, a freshman in high school, there were two people who just absolutely changed my life. One was a 14-year-old girl who turned around to me and said, hi, I'm Janet, what's your name? 
And that doesn't sound like it would be that significant of a thing. But I was dirty. We lived in a shack smaller than a garage. We didn't have working plumbing. Um, so there was no, I mean, I didn't even know what a shower was until mm. I was, um, you know, emancipated and out. So she made eye contact with me when nobody else did. Mm. And so by treating me like she treated everybody else, she was giving me dignity. That same year, I met a school teacher who did the same thing, looked me in the eyes, and, and she actually asked my opinion on something. And I realized that no one had ever asked my wow. opinion hmm. uh, on anything. And so when you're a kid who's been basically you know, thrown out, thrown mm-hmm. away, uh, nobody wants to know what your favorite color is right. or what you want for dinner. Mm-hmm. I mean, lots of times there wasn't dinner. Mm-hmm. And so um, these people gave me dignity and they believed in me before I believed in myself. And so I, I began to sort of, you know, develop strength. And I sought emancipation. I became emancipated when I was 16. Mm. Um, I started work in an insurance office. My very first job, my real, very first real job at 15 in wow. an insurance office. <laughs> so at 17, I became the youngest licensed insurance broker in the state of California. At 19, I bought my first house. And at 21, I bought my first rental. And when I was 27, I quit my good job you know, the one with the paycheck and the benefits and health insurance. Right. And I started my own company protecting and defending the good people and organizations that take care of abused children. Mm. And, uh, and I've never looked back. Wow. And it's, it, there does seem to be a common theme as I've been interviewing people since this show started and from even just that so often the points of pain that we've suffered in our lives become the places that we can be for healing in other people's lives. Yes, precisely. I mean, I really think that's the point Um, that, that, you know, God doesn't do these things to us. We're in a broken world and um, you know, there's evil in the world, Yes. but what God promises to do and he's faithful to do it, is, is to work it together for good, to bring good out of it. Mm. The, the, the challenge is we have the free will to allow that or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just want to encourage everybody who's listening, and everybody's been through tough times. Yes. I mean, there's nobody who gets out of this life, you know, completely unscathed. So, you know, for, for, for folks who are ready— as you mentioned, you can't do it when you're in the middle of it. When you, yes. you know, when you're bleeding, that's right. not the time to, you know, analyze what's happened and gather the data. No, but, no. But right. when you're ready, um, and you and you really seek God for this, um, I'm telling you, He absolutely will help you mine the lessons out of it. And by lessons, I mean the character traits, mm-hmm. the learned abilities. Mm. Um, the coping skills, and those are exactly, yes. <laughs> turns out, the things that you need in order to fulfill his plan for your life. Exactly. Huh? I mean, great. see how that works? This I mean, is great so, stuff. Oh, it's amazing. It is amazing. It's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. So if you're just tuning in, we're talking with the amazing Rhonda. 
and we're having a, a discuss. Uh, 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 you're listening to Counterculture, and uh, we're just in the middle of a fantastic uh, discussion. And so, I one thing I really wanted to ask you about is you wrote books, actually have written books about kindness. And yeah. why is that word so important? And I mean, te- churches talk about kindness. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's you know you know those cute little cards. It's just an, it's an easy word, but why is it so important? Well, um, first, let me define kindness because a lot of people think that kindness is synonymous with being polite and having manners and. Um, being respectful, and all of those things are part of kindness, but they are not um, the authentic embodiment of the fullness of kindness. And here, so what do I mean by that? Um, an axe murderer can be polite, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there there are there are people in the world who you know have some really serious issues (laughs) and can cause a lot of pain for people, but they happen to have good manners. Right. So it's so incredibly important that we not mistake um, manners and being polite, uh, that we don't make the assumption that that's, that this person is kind because that, that, you know, it, it's a great indicator, but it's not the whole picture. Um, authentic kindness is really an action of love. Mm. Real kindness uh, has the intention within it of unconditional love, mm. meaning doing something that's kind for someone else and expecting absolutely nothing in return. That's really the significance. That's why I've written about kindness. Mm-hmm. I've written a book about love, called Love mm-hmm. is Action. Yes. Um, because I just want to encourage people, um, you know, the secular world, everybody talks about, you know, random acts of kindness and all that right. stuff. And that's great. I don't mean to take anything from that. Right. But I think the body of Christ has an obligation. If we're going to be ambassadors of the kingdom of God, then what we have to do is one thing. And that one thing is we have to be the ones who are able, willing, and active in being kind to people who cannot or will not reciprocate. Mm -hmm. That's the distinction between the rest of the world and the body of Christ. If we can love people, if we can be kind to people who are um, irritable, grouchy, rude, um, downright mean, Mm -hmm. if we can be authentically kind to people, for example, like dementia patients, they don't maybe have the the mental capacity Mm. to reciprocate. Right. Yeah. Um, For the caregivers are some of the most amazing people in the world. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, ambassador kindness ambassadors are really remarkable. I'm talking about pastors, teachers, foster parents, social workers. And, you know, there are a lot of people in the world who who are like this. But the people who really have made a lifestyle 
out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they change the world. Mm. Because love, unconditional love, is the only thing that mm. measurably and sustainably changes people, mm. changes families, mm. changes neighborhoods, and changes community. Mm. That's good. Oh, that's good. I work with uh, churches around the Western U.S., and we often we encourage we help them to with Care Portal to meet direct needs in their own neighborhoods. But sometimes there's an expectation that you, when you give, like, hey, I just dropped off something, that you're expecting some thank you or moment that makes it like a tender moment, and you're uh, you're, you're you're appreciated. And that's yeah. that does happen a lot, but it also doesn't happen sometimes, you know, because – and so what you're talking about is the right mental attitude to go into bringing kindness to someone who's in crisis, who's maybe seen nothing but abuse or or maybe having the worst day of their life, and you're stepping into their world with kindness, period, yes. full stop. It, no, It can no. be life-changing. Yeah. And we don't necessarily have to – we're not promised to see the change, right? Well, that's exactly right. But I always say that love always splashes back up on people who give it. So yeah. even when we don't get the super duper awesome, warm and fuzzy yeah. moments of, you know, the big hug from the little kid that you just gave something to or yeah. whatever it is, God, I mean, take this to the bank. God will give it back to you some Mm. other way. Mm. You cannot outgive God, whether Mm. you're talking about money, love, kindness, your time. Mm. You cannot outgive God. Uh. He will get it back to you some kind of way. So I think we need to, we really need as, as Christians to get serious about changing relationships uh, from transactional. Yeah. That's what the world does. Right. To just, hey, I just care about you. You don't need to care about me. Yeah. You don't, I, I can do this awesome thing for you, and I, I don't need you to do anything hmm. back for me, including say thank you. <laughs> uh, and that's, you know, when you can, it, it's, it's tough. You know, it's not easy to do on the first day. Yeah. But when you really start putting this into action, it's life-changing, and, uh, and you do see it come back to you in other ways. I think of the parable of Jesus where he healed 10, 10 blind people, and only one came back to thank him. And yeah. you know, I think that idea that you don't—Jesus knew that who would and wouldn't thank him. It wasn't based on thanks. It's simply you, you served and you loved without any expectation. But you are right. You are absolutely right. I love what you're saying. So we, I love to get practical as we're going to close out our time. We just got a few minutes left. But how are what are things that maybe our listener who's listening to this program could do practically to maybe grow in kindness? Oh man! Oh, and you're just going to give me a couple minutes? I know. I'm you're so cruel. Me. <laughs> okay. Well, the best, I guess, the fastest, the easiest thing is for somebody to just go to www.loveisaction.com. Okay. And Love is Action gives so many different ideas for what people can do right now, right where they are. Yes. It costs no money, you know, takes very little time. And the very first thing that I will say, though, uh, for somebody that doesn't have time for all that and, you know, they're just not in a place in their life where they can do all that, the number one thing that everybody can do right now 
is you look people in the eyes mm. when you speak to them. Mm-hmm. Give people dignity. Mm. When, the, when the server refills your water, look her in the eyes and say thank you. Yeah, that's good. I mean, good. it's so yeah. simple. It doesn't cost yeah. anything. Yeah. Right? But we need to be the dignity giver, mm. the kindness givers, because and, when we pour into somebody else, we fill up their tank a little bit more so they're better able to turn around and and be kind to others and fill their tank. And it goes on and on and on. And that's how we change neighborhoods and communities. I think that's fantastic. Not based on their position. So whether they're the cashier or the person who owns the building, they they deserve dignity and honor. I love that. We're running out of time, but just just for the last connection, how do people connect with your ministry? Loveisaction.org? Loveisaction.com. Loveisaction.com. And, uh, and to connect with me, and I would love to hear from everybody, it's Rhonda, R-H-O-N-D-A, dot O-R-G. Rhonda.org. Woo, that domain name's smoking. Love that. <laughs> it's great. Rhonda, thank you oh so God. much for calling in and getting to talk. Just even It felt like I could have talked another another 30 minutes very easily, another couple hours easily. So, But thank you again. Oh. Appreciate you. God bless you and your ministry. Love is action. Loveisaction.com. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful for everything that you do. And uh, I'm just asking God to bless everything you touch and for everybody who listens to you to just, oh, bless. Thank you. Appreciate you. God bless. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Care Portal, helping local churches help children and families in crisis. Sign up you and your church today at careportal.org.